Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are listening from all over the world. And welcome to Love Lockdown, the podcast, where non-relationship experts give relationship advice that perfectly works for them. I'm one of your hosts, Britt, a.k.a. Britt Brandt on YouTube. And I'm Chris, a.k.a. Ricky Bobby. And today's episode is brought to you by The Beard Guard. Sup, Love Lockdown fam? It's me, Kevin, the owner and creator of The Beard Guard. I have blessed my brothers around the world by making the first and the original bonnet for your beard. It is perfect for you to wear when you sleep, eat, cook, and any other reason you want to keep your beard protected. They all come lined with satin, which helps keep that moisture locked into your beard. Since I love y'all, I'm proud to offer you a special discount code using my bro Chris's code, SLATER10. That's S-L-A-T-E-R 10 for 10% off. Even he can tell you that they truly work. You can also get them in various colors and even customize them with your flag, your country, or even just get your name on there. So start protecting that beard now by visiting www.thebeardguard.com. Trust me, your girl will have you thanking me later. Today's episode is one hopefully not too many people can relate to because we will be discussing dating after death. Is it okay to love again? Today's topic is going to be a little uncomfortable, but it's for sure one that we can't avoid because it happens every day. That's for sure. It is definitely one of the most uncomfortable topics that we've had thus far. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to kick it off with our definitions, of course. Um, This one was a little bit more difficult to find because it's a phrase like dating after death, you know. So I had to just simply put in move on (laughs) for the definition of Webster. So for moving on, it means to move on or moving on past things to go on a different place or subject activity. So then um, I also looked up death and that is just the cause of occasion of loss of life. And then for our urban dictionary definition, I have till death do us part, which was actually a little bit easier. Um, It means till boredom. That's what they're thinking the definition is for that, by the way. They're saying that's just a fancy way of saying until boredom, not really death, whenever people say that during their vows. So um, does this part, most people don't really mean till death do us part when they get married. They just say it because it sounds prettier than what they really mean. Wow. Right. A mouthful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to get straight into the American and pop culture definition today because we all know. This is America, Jack. The American and pop culture definition is basically the death of a relationship, the death of a spouse, and basically the death of a person's dating life. When Americans see someone who lost a significant other after they dated for a significant amount of time, they automatically assume they'll never be the same again, and they're a tainted product because they see the moment of weakness And they tend to lock in on that and know that that death will forever haunt that person. So for today, I had to go into a little bit different um, history. So I, I decided to look up to death do us part because I was always wondering, where did that come from? 
And where it came from is basically the oldest standard wedding vows that can be traced back to the Book of Common Prayer. And that's the old, I take thee to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, blase, blase, according to God's holy ordinance. And these derived from medieval England and were originally translated from the Book of Common Prayer. Um, a couple words were switched around. I think it originally started at to death us depart. And in 1662, they changed it to death us do part. And eventually it changed to death do us part. And it gave us the modern version that we have kept the same until now. Can you believe that? No, I didn't realize there were so many different like wording to it. Yeah. And, a lot of it meant uh, a lot of different things, like the department separated. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to mean uh, to death do us part. It actually meant uh, to death do us be separated. Got you. That's interesting. So we will be together until death. Oof, yeah. So, you know, they changed the words a little bit, you know, to kind of fit the modern uh Divorce rate. Yeah, I was, about to, <laughs> I was about to say that wasn't prevalent back then. So oh, no. I was, that's why I was like, hmm, it's funny to hear how you know long ago that dated back to. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Do you have a song for us today? I actually do have a song. And what's your song? It's a perfect one that you guys just have to wait for. So here we go. Yo, listen. Yeah. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I know this is a serious show. I think show. you're about to say the same thing as me. <laughs> I know we got to be somber and sad yeah. for the dead folks. But listen, man. That's the when Diddy fell off that bike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when Diddy fell off that bike, I felt every pain that he was trying to show us. Yeah. But it was hilarious. <laughs> Definitely like some baby boy acting going on there. Man, listen, I'm though, telling you. there was nothing more cheesy than Diddy falling off that bike in that video. Yeah, no, not at all. I thought you were about to say that was the jam. I, I feel listen, so bad rocking out to that, that song. That was my because... joint. <laughs> and you know, I'll play the live version when Diddy performed it on uh, oh, yeah, AOL, the AOL Sessions. Mm-hmm, the AOL Sessions. AOL Sessions. Throw it back. Man, but that song is so real. It's also real. Like everything that they talk about, every like you know word is just like hits home. Is that your like go to song after death? Actually, it's not. I I forget about that song when it comes to death. But so what's your what's your go to song? I feel like it definitely. Oh my gosh! I feel like you're gonna laugh at me. I'm for sure about to laugh because I almost laughed if you had said Diddy was your. No, it definitely wasn't. No, my go to song during death. Was um, Voice to Men Bend at Knee. And I know that sounds weird, but it's that like. It's so weird. No, 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 no. Oh, God. Creepy. Can somebody tell me how to get us back to the way things used to be? Give me a reason I'm down on bended knee. Like, if you listen to the oh, words. God, you mean, you mean. I just think it's really <laughs> crazy how. 
I just think it's really, you're laughing, but I just think it's really funny how, like, music can affect people in so many different ways and have so many different meanings because that's supposed to be a love song, but that song truly has gotten me through, like, one of the hardest times that I experienced. See, you almost made me put a new sound effect in here because, nah, bruh, <laughs> that song is a love song. It's supposed to be. Is, and this is whiny as it gets. But if you interpret, it's just the way you interpret lyrics, and that's why I think music's such a beautiful thing because... It just affects people in so many different ways during whatever time it is. Like, if you're in love and excited, like, of course, you listen to that song. You're like, damn, this is this is the this is right here, the baby making song. But if you experience something such as death, you listen to that, like you'll understand the interpretation that I'm talking about a little bit better. Well, I kind of I don't know. Sounds kind of whiny to me. I think the lead singer's name was Wine Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's very weird that you go to boys to men. Um, I I don't know what my go-to death song is. I think it's actually like gospel music, something. Uh, Maybe some Donnie McClurkin. Well, it wasn't intentional though. That's the funny part is that like it just so happened to come on one day when I was experiencing a bad time. And I listened to the lyrics and it like hit home because I was like, what wow, this lyrics is crazy. Do it for you in that song. I just I just said it. Okay, give me give me the number one lyric though that just does it for you in that song. Can somebody tell me how we can get back to the way things used to be? Okay. That's like one line. But that's the it. Entire song. <laughs> okay, I just messed with you. <laughs> no, because people got weird stuff that they go to. Like, you know what I'm saying? It could be, um, you know, I'm going to take my horse down the old town road. That gets you through. That gets you Dog, through. Dog, but I'm saying, like, if you really think about it, if someone is a horse lover and their horse just died, that's just going to have a different meaning to them than you just grooving out in the back seat of your car. So like when, you know what I mean? So, like, when our dog Brutus died and you kept playing Who Let the Dogs Out? Who, who? Like, it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, that didn't have the same effect. And the happy-go-lucky, you know, just want to dance out during that time so it's not crazy what i'm saying like you guys agree with me correct say let us know on the facebook page music depending on what you're going through in life you cannot the interpretation of it can really really affect you see the, the problem with that with me is i'm a literal person I take everything literally because when I speak, I speak literally. Can we hear the violin right now? So in the like, background when he's talking, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, can somebody tell me how we can get back to the way we used to be? Mm-hmm. That's one line. What about the rest of the song? You about to listen? No, to? there's more to it. I'm, I'm just trying to make it short. But I'm saying, like, if you think about it, if you're experiencing a time, a hard time, death, right? You lost a mm-hmm. significant other. You're reflecting on the ways that you guys can get back. Like you're wondering what happened. And you're thinking about the times that you had together, and then you're like, someone tell me how we can get back there. Well, I guess you're if really you're, reflecting. If you inebriated enough, my, yeah, I, I yeah. guess you can, you can, yeah. For sure. If, if you get in a dark enough place, I guess you can listen to anything. Oh, I've been there too, baby. I have been there, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hate so, to say it, but I've so been to give, that dark place. Give us the female perspective on death. The female perspective on death when it comes to being in a relationship. Yep. You want my personal experience first or you just want the actual what the, the female thinks of it? I mean, we dread it. And that's not just me talking for me right now. Like, that's women all the way around. Even, like, if you go back to all our romance movies, like, the most 
number one movies that you can think of is things like A Walk to Remember or The Notebook. You know what I mean? Like, those all have to do with huge deaths. And that's every girl's nightmare is to be like, you know, I can't imagine losing someone that I love that deeply. Like, where do we go from here? How do I move on? Does life still go on? So that's pretty much like the female perspective. But I'm going to guess that it's very similar to the males too, right? Well, speaking of life goes on, we got to stop right here. Um, The Titanic death. Did mm-hmm. that really hit you hard when? No. Why? Because I just thought Rose was selfish. Why? I thought she should have died too. Why? It didn't make sense. See, there's a difference. When things just like are irritatingly like don't make sense it 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 doesn't do the same what did not make sense because she could have definitely switched back and forth with him she didn't need to stay on that board that shit was just so selfish but the reason you felt like that is because he was such a gentleman for giving her the board well i mean what if rose had to die because he wanted to be on the board too well i just wouldn't have been the manly thing to do but (laughs) (laughs) the both of them i would have been like yo (laughs) I just think it was stupid on both parts. It didn't even have nothing just to do with her. Like him, he should have said, yo, Rose, we need to switch real quick. This makes no sense. Right. Uh, Well, getting into the male perspective of the whole thing, I think that death in a relationship means to us, um, for the creeps out there, an opening, uh, a moment of weakness Mm -hmm. when it happens to a female. Um, death in a relationship. I I think males don't even think about it. It's just something that surprises us. Okay. And we because we kind of deal with each day head on. Yeah. And we tend to like, um, block out the negative on the daily, which is the only way you can really operate as a man because you know both people in a relationship really can't be, uh, you know, fear thinkers. So. I feel as if males don't even realize that it's a possibility yeah, yeah. until it happens. And I wouldn't even necessarily say that it is a fear thinker. I think it's just that we are more prone to think about where we go from here if something were to happen to our significant other. Like, that's just how we pretty much are raised from birth you know what i mean like you guys are supposed to be the ones that take care of us and the ones like really truthfully if it's supposed to be the way it's supposed to be we're supposed to be stay-at-home moms and not have jobs you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so clearly yeah we're a little bit more fearful of that if something were to happen to our supposed to be caregiver because what do you do after that where's the money coming from Who's going to help you take care of the kids? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who's going to mow the lawn? Like, there's a lot more to it than that. But I guess it could be the same for you guys, too. Like, who's going to cook for you or who's going to give you? It just, it just well, depends. Well, for us, it's, it's, it's more of we have so much to deal with on a daily basis. And like you said, we're charged with normally providing for the household. Exactly. We don't have time to think of the what ifs. We only deal in the right now. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's just a tad bit different. But... Uh, like I said, for the single creeps out there, it's a perfect chance. And you know, guys, there's some guys out there that really live like you know how they're wedding crashers. Mm-hmm. There's some guys out there that prey on widows. Yeah, and sick, people that lose significant true. others. Yeah, you know, and and that's just the way it is. So, um, females, guard yourself. You have to. 
you gotta guard yourself because you know in in the mo- any moment of weakness can be the intro to somebody sliding their way in mm-hmm. so um with that being said let's get into the meat of the topics so right before we get into the meat of the topic i really need you to give your personal experience out to everybody out there so they can know um where you're coming from mm-hmm. regarding this topic because i know but they don't know yeah so. and it's one of those things where i love how the years pass by because i feel like less and less people know you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um now like i just have to bust it open so no i've personally experienced um death of a boyfriend in college i was with someone for five years he was murdered. It was a mistaken identity type of case. It was devastating. I was 23 years old when it happened, and life changed drastically afterwards. That's the, the shortened version of it that I'm going to give you guys today. But, um, yeah, personally, um, it, you know, it changed a lot to do when it came to relationships, and that's not just with getting in ones romantically, but friendships changed drastically i lost a lot of people that i considered friends during that time in my life um i realized who good people were and i also think that i just became a better person which is really weird to say but i feel like i became a better person because of it so oh no no doubt no doubt Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people wouldn't do that yeah a lot of people tend to bury those issues deep down, never speak of them, and just kind of like try to wash them away. But you being open and honest about it is really going to help us on this episode. Yeah. So the first question I really have for you is how do you cope when you lose a significant other? Um. Well, I hate to get and I'm, I'm going to try not to get religious because not everybody is religious and that's OK. But I think it was like backwards for me because a lot of people say that when they lose someone important to them that they, you know, they tend to lose their faith in God and they just have that separation. But I feel like I actually got closer because it was just one of those things where after months went on, I realized things truly do happen for a reason. And I hate I used to hate it when people said that. And. I, just, I thought it was the cheesiest thing. No one had a real answer for anything, but it hit me after that happened that things really do because, like, it took that happening for me to learn more about myself, again, for me to surround myself with better people, and just to be able to really appreciate the next time I were to finally get in a relationship with someone to appreciate that and not to let it, you know, just go unnoticed or to cheat and just do silly things to let it go you know like it just made me value all of my relationships a lot more got you mm-hmm. and and i heard you say that you lost a lot of friends along the way and, oh, we, absolutely. and we all know that people judge the most doing moments of grief mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people look at you and say well if i was grieving i would do this and i would do it like this <laughs> kind of like weddings and yeah. um prom send-offs and Everything else that people judge about. So is that the reason why you lost friends? Um, first, first, before I get into that, I would just like to say that it's the hardest thing to experience because 
you know how I just said that sometimes I appreciate the time goes on because not as many people know about it and I don't have to talk about it as much. It's one of those situations where you talk about it and you're just doing it for attention if you're overly talking about it. You don't talk about it at all. You didn't care. You know what I mean? So you're always stuck and there's never that perfect ground. And to answer your question, yes, um, I lost a lot of friends because a lot of people judge you, and when you don't experience things, um, you think that you have the answer for it. So I had a lot of people who not only felt like I should never move on, <laughs> even though I was 23, um, I had that. I had people who just, you know, were upset because they felt like they should be the next person. There was just, there was a lot to go with it. And then I also had people who didn't want to be around me because I did go through it. So it was either I made them uncomfortable because they didn't know how to react with me anymore, even though I don't think that I was like super emotional or made you feel that way. But a lot of people didn't know how to treat me or to handle me going through it. So they just pushed me away. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It made them easy. Any Anything that makes other people uncomfortable when you're going through an uncomfortable situation, like it just helped me see that there's a lot of selfish people in this world. Okay. It's crazy. And this is just me being the psychoanalyst I am, but psychologically, do you think that you lost friends because of judgment or do you think you lost friends because you lost a conduit to those friendships? Honestly, I think I have to say both. Um, the judgment part comes from, you know, again, people didn't want to see me with other people or to be happy. Like there's just no perfect ground. People don't, you don't know when you're supposed to move on. So whenever I even laughed or smiled, it was like, some people looked at it as being disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. just no, there's nothing to that. Um, I would, I hate to say that I think it's less that the connection was lost because a lot of people that he was the closest to were the ones that were actual snakes. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was even because of that, mm -hmm. which is really sad to say. I actually would appreciate it more if it was because, like, we just lost that connection because of him. But sadly, that's not the case. Gotcha. You, you, we all know that you're friends with some people mm -hmm. because of your relationship with someone else. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really just was wondering, was that the case in a lot of those friendships? where um you were friends with somebody but he was the you know the mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. spark in that relationship yeah i completely understand what you, the question you know, yeah and normal i would say yeah but in my situation a lot of the times it was not because of that at all mm -mm. gotcha yeah okay so um you mentioned uh snakes mm -hmm. let's get into that portion of it how did people treat you differently after you lost a significant other? Um, you know, it's funny because it was like kind of, you know how celebrities, some celebrities don't want to be celebrities. They don't like having that actual title. Like they get to the top and they're like, yo, I didn't ask for any of this. I want to be able to go outside and not have people stop me and ask me for autographs. I want to be able to go out with my family to eat and go to the bathroom without people always coming up and reproaching me, right? Mm -hmm. It's 
sadly, in, in a sick way, it's the same thing. It was attention that I did not at all in my life ask for, nor did I want, mm-hmm. but I had it, and <laughs> they just ran with it. Gotcha. So you got that attention mm-hmm. by osmosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they ran with it. And they ran with it. What, what do you mean by that, though? So I had a lot of people, and I mean, it's been like seven years now, so I'm just going to keep it funky with you. I had a lot of people that were considered like his closest friends that tried to get with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they would do a lot of things, you know, to act as if they were just checking on me as friends, and then, boom. Lo and behold, it's because I really wanted to be with you the whole time. You know what I mean? So it kind of made me take a step back. And it's really difficult when you're going in, when you're, like, going through that type of situation because your brain does not operate the same way that it does when it's clear. You don't notice it until it's too late. Right. And, and I want to put something out there real quick. This is the same thing. This, this happens to men as well. I know a lot of you probably are thinking, well, this wouldn't happen to me because I'm a dude and uh, I don't have to worry about that. If you have the death of a significant other, women are just as schemy and as snaky, mm-hmm. especially if they've seen you in a relationship prior. Um, and I haven't had a, a personal death of a significant other, but I've dealt with enough schemy and snaky women to know. that a death is the least of their worries yeah um and i know that you said that you dealt with those snakes that were close to him uh when he passed but how how did other people treat you different though like what was for instance your actual friends how did they treat you different it was just you know it's always the elephant in the room they would call me way more often which i appreciate it but you know some you felt the real love, like they really hit you up to check on you, the genuine, you know? And then I had some that would call me and then literally get on Facebook and on their status, just talk to Brittany. You know what I mean? So like they just wanted a part me. of your attention. Yeah, they just wanted the part of the death attention to let people know that we were close. And there was a lot of that. So they wanted to be a part of the attention that you were getting, mm-hmm. which you didn't even ask for, that nor I didn't did you ask want. For. Exactly. Wow. Yep. And, you know, during that time, like, you're not about to say, yo, take this status down. Like, that's so whack. But that's, like, the least of your worries. That's the least of your worries, but you see it, and you don't forget it, you know? Right. And, again, a lot of those people aren't friends today. So, <laughs> wow. And they might not even know why, but they're hit. There you go. Now, now give now the people you know a number. Why. How many friends did you lose in this situation? Oh, man. Like, actual friends. Actual not, friends? Not, like, acquaintances, because we know those fall by the wayside, but. Yeah, how many actual friends did you lose in this situation when your when your significant other passed? Well, being that I was in college, a lot of people, like you just said, were associates. But um, genuinely, I would say I lost at least four good friends, like four people that I really genuinely were my heart and soul. Wow. And that's deep because I don't feel like I have a lot of people that I call friends. You know what I mean? Like, that's really... That's a tough title for me to give out. Like, um, you know, I'm a friendly person and a lot of people get that confused because I know a lot of people. But if you really know me, you will know that I am not that type of person that just 
cares and genuinely thinks of everybody as like a real buddy you know what i mean so, you, so you, for you're that frugal with your friendship i'm very frugal with my friendships and to have lost those people like from this day i'm still fucked up about it i know that it was necessary but that's just what it is that's that's what it was and i i realized they they didn't think of me as a true friend right it hurts but it's life so and that and that's honestly like the realest thing that somebody can never tell you mm-hmm. like be prepared to find out the real about people around you in these situations. Yeah. Not only do you lose a significant other, but you also do a clean sweep on your friends list. Mm-hmm. Very, very clean. Not your Facebook friends list, your <laughs> real life friends list. Mm-hmm. So um, I know you've been in this situation and I know that you are the resident expert on dating afterward mm-hmm. because you're married now to me. Of yeah, course, but of course. <laughs> how soon would you say you should start dating again after a lost loss yeah. like that? Um, I genuinely will say that there is no real time. And I know that sounds so cheesy and it's so annoying because people are probably looking for that answer. Um, but there just isn't like, you're just, you can't start dating until you're truly ready. And the problem that I made is that I thought I was ready and I ended up getting with a real McAsshole in return from it. And Mm -hmm. then I'm one of those people that I don't like to fail. So I was stuck in that relationship for. So you were stuck in that relationship trying to prove to other people that you were ready to date. Mm hmm. How does that work? Like, so you're miserable and you're like, yo, I'm going to stick it out because I got to prove other people wrong. Yeah. And it's it's weird because you become a different type of person when you experience things like that. Like, I'm one of the most, I don't give a fuck what people think. But when you try to move on from someone after death, you know, there's a lot more answers. Like, there's a lot more, are you sure? Like, are you ready for this? And so... When you are like, yeah, yeah, I am, and then you get in a relationship, you know, you feel stuck when you're miserable because <laughs> you not only were doing it for yourself, like you were doing it to show other people that you were good, like that you were moving on and that life moves on. You know, I felt like I was an example for people, to be honest with you. Right. More than anything. No doubt. And that went with the whole, even when he died, the whole situation, I felt like I never actually had the opportunity to sit down and be as sad as I should have been because I always cared more about how other people felt. I was worried about my parents because, you know, their daughter had a significant loss. So I didn't want them to think that I was ever going to go insane. I was worried about friends that lost him. I had people call me that day and I'm consoling them like we're going to make it through this. So my whole situation experience was always more for other people than myself. So even when it came to being in a relationship after that, I wanted to show girls life goes on and it's okay. And so in return, I was miserable. That's crazy because people seem to think that when something happens to you like that, it eventually just goes away. Mm hmm. And and being on the other side of it, I can tell you that it really never goes away. 
you just get better every day with it. Yeah, no, it never goes away. And that's another thing, like, people are always like, like, how do you move on? But I don't have an answer for that because you don't. You learn to cope with it. You learn to live every day with it. But you never move on from a significant loss. And that's not just with someone you're in a relationship with. That's a friendship, too. Like, anyone you truly care about, when they die, that's the absence from your heart that you just never get over. And right. it's okay. And see, uh, uh one thing that people don't think about when they're dealing with the death of a significant other is how much stuff that the outside people don't know. No. They don't know what you're really going through because no. they don't know what's really going on in your relationship if you have a proper relationship. Exactly. And they're not supposed to. They're not. If you're doing things right. Like, for example, I'm just fortunate to have you, a real man that understands that, you know, to be there and to get like, oh, she's emotional, not because some other man has her heart. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of guys would look at that situation and be like, yo, she can't mourn this nigga no more because this is like, this is ridiculous. But you actually understand you were not necessarily close to him, but you knew the situation. I'm just so fortunate for that because even when birthdays pass, when his death day comes, you ask me, like, are you good? We have those conversations. No and doubt. it's just so nice to be able to have that. Because not many men would be able to, you know, accept that or to even live with that. Because, again, they would just think, like, oh, this girl, she's still in love with this this guy. He's dead. I'll never be able to compare to him, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's not that at all. Well, you know, and I always talk about it. The number one thing that I would say you have to have to go into a successful relationship is definitely self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And this is not mean or, you know, to be funny, but I don't get jealous often because I know who I am. Right. So, you know, I don't get jealous of people who are walking around right now. So it really would make no sense for me to be jealous of someone who's passed away either. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's I, I'm a little different when it comes to that. But no doubt, like the support always has to be there. And you have to know, because even when you went through the situation. Like and, and let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. We were friends. Yeah. Like friends, friends, like close friends. I knew that when that happened to you, I had to take a step back. Definitely. Because even though we was friends, we still had what? We still had feelings for each other. Right. We were in college. We, we were was in college. Yeah, we, like, you know, and I had to take a step back and say, well, you know, let me give her some space, mm-hmm. you know, and just to understand, you know, a little bit of what she's going through. I'm like, there's no way that she can deal with me right now. Hell no. Nah. You no, know what I'm saying? No, I don't no. want to taint our, our friendship. Right. You know, talking to her right now through this time. And I definitely don't want to be the first Negro that she talks to. No. After this is over with. And I'm glad you said that, fellas. You do not want to be, you don't want to be the, the, the first one. You don't want to be the rebound in I, this situation. I, Trust no, me. I promise you don't. I promise, promise you don't. Like, it's just not going to work. And I hate to say that, but it is not going to work. Like, your mind is just not the same. Yeah. Um, but you also, you got to remember, you you just lost your grandparents, too. So we both right. were experiencing death. It was not the time for our lives for us to be connected. Yeah. And then, period. <laughs> and I was in a relationship too at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's taking me into the next topic of the difference between losing a parent and losing a significant other in a relationship. 
And after hearing you speak, I really truthfully don't believe there's much difference besides the fact of the intimacy portion mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. But like when I lost my grandparents, I was literally in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents died six months back to back for people who don't know. Um, I, I lost both of my grandmothers, by the way. Uh, so when I went through that situation, it took a toll on the relationship that I was in. That's why I knew dealing with Brittany and her situation, I really had to take a step back because I was a toxic person at that point. I really am uh, the guy that really, you know, doesn't really care much for what people think. But during that time frame, I really was out of there. So I kind of ran people off left and right. And I'm the 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 different griever that likes to be left alone. Mm-hmm. I don't need consoling. I don't need a bunch of people with food. I really just want to be by myself with my thoughts, getting my mind right to be able to deal with the situation. You know, but having the family that I have, it was 9,000 people coming through all the time. So the only person I was able to take it out on was my girlfriend. And I took it out on her. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for me, and, and, and you were with me, we were married when I lost my mom. Yeah, first year. Year one of our marriage. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm kind of grown. It was a little different. Um, I lost my mom, and my mom was sick for a while. So that was, that kind of allowed me to prepare a ton because she was sick from the time I was a teenager until the time she passed. So I was able to prepare for that a ton. But I, I think that in order to get past those kind of things, you have to have a secure relationship. Yeah, you really do. A secure friendship. A secure whatever relationship you have with that person because if not, that will be the end. That will be the last straw that breaks the camel's back. Trust me. Um, because you went through that with my mom, though, how do you feel is different than when you lost your significant other? Oh, man, that was totally different. Mom was a man. I was older. Um, it was more of a, even though mine was more of a shock because it just happened, you know what I mean? And it wasn't expected. Um, I still feel the same way with mom. Like, even though I knew she was sick, I still just thought of her as invincible. I just never really truly thought that it was going to happen. I was, I felt at the time I was a little embarrassed because there were times I felt like I was even way more emotional than you and, and your sister, you know, mm-hmm. because you guys grew up with it and you knew eventually it was going to happen. Me, I just, it that hit me hard. It was hard. And my grandma had just passed a couple months before that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a major loss for me because I just saw my future. Um, I can honestly say with my boyfriend in college, and I hate to say this, and a lot of people aren't going to like to hear this, but I can honestly say that it's a little bit more different when you know eventually that you probably weren't going to be with that person for life. Mm-hmm. Um, being that I was with my life partner, and it, you know, it was a significant loss. It was more, she's never going to be able to see her grandkids, and I didn't have time with her that I wanted. 
and seeing people with their mother-in-laws and hearing them say that they don't like them or get along with them and it pissed me off like I was angry when your mom died because mm-hmm. I hated hearing people like talk down on their in-laws I'm like dog I wish I had mine. I loved her to death. You know what I mean? Right. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more different when you're actually with um, someone that you know that you're in it with the long, for the long run with. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's enough sad stuff for this episode. We're going to pay some bills real quick, and then we're going to get right into the good stuff. We're going to get back into our, our wheelhouse. <laughs> Let's have a little fun with this, and we'll talk about... Um, when you know it's time to date and what signs you get after death in a relationship. Hey brats, I just wanted to take a short break and invite you all to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Brit Brat. Every week you will get the best product reviews as well as bonus videos such as monthly giveaways and silly advice. Currently we are over 12,000 brats, so what are you waiting for? Go subscribe today. That's B-R-I-T-B-R-A-T, Brit Brat. See you there. Man, look, so we, we we did the sad portion of the show, and we got to get right here. Let's tell people what signs you get when it's time for you to start dating after death. And that's then we'll start with dating after losing a significant other. What are three signs that people get mm-hmm. when it's okay for them to start dating again after a situation like that? Um, when you genuinely can laugh again. With someone. Okay, so that's one, laughing, laughing. (laughs) Laughing is my, that's my main one. Okay. Because I just love being able to be goofy and all of that. So, yeah, when you can laugh again. Um, When you feel comfortable enough to let someone know, like, what you're going through. So being able to talk to them. I did not feel comfortable talking to anybody about what I went through before you. Gotcha. Even when people asked, like, I was a closed book. Don't ask me if I, if you do. Like, I'm not telling you much. But um, that and then when you are ready for them to just hang out. Like, when you want to go see them and you just feel yourself again. When your brain is clear and you're just, like, actual, I don't know. You just feel comfortable You got to explain to people what feeling yourself means, though. Like, you got to break it down because people want to know. To They want to know so they can know when they're ready to date mm-hmm. again. I would say when you're comfortable being alone with yourself, that's when it's it's good for you to be able to start thinking about it again. There were there were times where, you know, I had to really get to know myself again and to be able to go on movie dates with myself and all that. And when you finally are sitting there and thinking at the movie theater like, mm, I wish someone else was with me now, you know, that's that's when you start to Okay. Really feel it. So when you start to yearn for another person's company. Yeah. You think that's the the number one key Mm -hmm. to know you're ready? Mm Mm-hmm. That's good advice. For sure. Because there were many times, you know, I went out alone and I was fine. I I was happy for for, for a long time doing that. Yeah. After all that attention, I'm pretty sure, like, that was peaceful to you. Yeah. The moment that you're like, yo, I wish I was doing this with somebody else. That's when it might be your time. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Okay. So we'll move into when you're ready to date after losing a family member. Okay. So, uh, and I'll start it off. The moment I knew after losing uh, my grandparents, I was ready to date again. 
Um, this is tough for a guy, especially for me, because uh, just to keep it real and keep it funky, I never really gave up my concubines, but I did give up my relationship. Um, so when it came time to like actually start liking somebody again, I think that was a couple years down the road. Um, and I think it was actually Brittany. So I ended up marrying the next person I actually liked again. <laughs> but it was a couple years down the road, and I think that I had gotten a message from Brittany. And I looked at it, and I was happy to get it. And I was like, you know, and we had messaged each other a couple times previous. As a matter of fact, I think uh, one of your boyfriends had messaged me too. We ain't going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> he loves but, telling that story yeah guys. but uh <laughs> like i literally think i got that message and i was like yo that would be dope we should probably get together and hang out you know what i'm saying yeah. not just booty call you know and, and it's different for dudes man because you know you can be sad and get some ass yeah, no, and I definitely think it's different for guys. And let me tell you, because I feel like when you guys lose even a significant other, like I've known a lot of men who have lost their significant others, and they move on so damn quick. Like I have had, had, I had a friend growing up whose dad, um, her mom died. Mm -hmm. And he was her dad was remarried within two months of a 30-year marriage. Well, that's another thing I was saying too, though. And that's why I said what I said of people look at that from the outside. You see how you just looked at that and you put the time frame on it and you like, oh, he was remarried at such and such time. I didn't get to finish, though, because I'm no, not I, I'm not saying that say you're wrong mm -hmm. or you're right. I'm saying that people tend to stop there. Yeah. And make that judgment. You never really know what's going on in people's relationships. Yeah, no, for sure. And before I like I didn't finish what I was going to say, but growing up, you know, obviously being young you looked at that and you were like yo this is that's weird like did he even love her at all like he moved on so fast but after you experience that you're like yo you can you can kind of understand why because especially men are just so used to having you know other emotional support in the house so as I got older I understood why he moved on so quickly because he was used to having, like, someone there for him. And some people just react to things differently and to death differently. And so right. now I feel bad for judging him when I was young because I'm like, you know, he, he was ready to be happy. Like, no one knows better than you do. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. I think the number one thing that really that you have to look at when dealing with going back out into the dating world and putting yourself back in a dating pool. And even when it comes to getting some cooter cat or some, some dangling, you really need to take time to, to make sure that you're okay enough not to weird up the situation. I think that's key mm -hmm. because you can weird up getting some cootie cat. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that dude that starts crying during sex. Yeah. That's never really happened to me, but I've I've heard stories. No, it's very strange. And if it were to happen, like if you were with a good female, you'd be like, oh. right. <laughs> Let's stop this and should we talk? Like And you don't want just, that reputation. You don't want that. You don't no. want that reputation of a dude crying during sex, you know what I'm saying? Or 
you know what I'm saying, or just snapping for no reason, or, you know, you don't want to be PTSD dude where you go out and you get in an argument with a random person because you're grieving. You got to make sure that you're okay enough to enjoy yourself and you're not snapping back into that grief any longer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's hard to do. And if you start to feel it, you got to just separate yourself from the situation because no one goes into it like, I'm about to snap tonight. But if you start to feel those emotions coming, like, so hey, I gotta go home now. I thought I was ready for this. I'm not sorry, you know. Say it again. And the only thing that heals it is time, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. and, and today I'm gonna let you give the uh, final breakdown, and you know your final thoughts. And this is this is your first time uh, getting a sexual chocolate after your final thoughts. <laughs> so 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 don't embarrass me. So my final thoughts: enjoy every day as if it's your last, because you truly don't know what life is going to bring you. And if you do experience a traumatic loss, know that life will eventually get easier. Know you never forget or fully fill the void the person brought you, but you do learn to appreciate the living way more. So cherish your true friends and relationships because they are not easy to come by. Inside of me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Love Lockdown Dating After Death. If you liked what you heard, please hit the subscribe button to be alerted every time we post a new episode. Do you have some input? Do you have something to say? Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Love Lockdown Podcast for all your weekly topics, discussion boards, and giveaways. Hey love lockdown babes, I'm Amanda Marie, founder and CEO of MrsKisses.com. I've created the first patented frontless, backless, and strapless bra tool. A tool because it is more of a non-surgical breast augmentation than a bra. Not only does it give you the perfect cleavage you deserve, but it also gives proper support while remaining invisible. I'm so excited to share with all you beautiful ladies out there as well as offer you a special discount using my girl Brit's code, BritBrat15. She is a proud owner of both the Deep Plunge and Modest Plunge bra and can vouch that they're life-changing. I can't wait for you to check it out, mrskisses.com, and get that perfect cleavage you've always desired.